on my property journey, I've made a hell of a lot of mistakes and I've learned a lot too. So in this video, if you're new to property or you're looking to get into property, I'm going to share with you seven things that I think you ought to pay attention to, which are going to help you to get started, but also to help you leverage and grow. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. I bought my first property in 2001. And when I look back now, I've made a hell of a lot of mistakes and I've learned a lot on that journey. But if I knew the things I know today, back in 2001, I think I would have made a lot more progress and a lot quicker. But of course, I can't go back and create a new starting. But what you can do is make a start today to create a new ending. So if you're new to property, or you're thinking about investing in property, I want to share my seven tips that I think are going to help you gain some clarity and help you get on the property ladder and create an additional income or create whatever you want to create through your property journey. So the first tip I want to share with you is that be very clear on your purpose and reason for investing in property. For example, are you investing because you're looking to create a pension pot? Are you investing because you're looking to create a secondary or additional source of income? Are you investing in property or thinking of investing in property because you want to replace your day job? Now that's extremely important because once you know exactly what you're looking to achieve and how much money you're looking to create, you can then start looking at the different property strategies and work out the ones that will help and support you get to where you want to get to quicker. And with that, by the way, I'd say use more than one property strategy. For example, you could look at commercial conversions, you could look at new builds, you look at single lets, you could look at HMOs, you could look at service accommodation, you could look at rent to rent, you could look at deal sourcing. So study the different uh, strategies and look at the one or the ones that are going to support you in your overall goals. So for example, if you want to do commercial conversions and you said, I need to create an extra, let's say 50,000 pounds to give up your day job because that was your main inspiration and reason for investing in property, then you work out, okay, how many commercial conversions do I need to do every year to get to 50,000 pounds? What type of deals do I need to do? The size of deals that I need to do? How much cash or capital will I need? Do I need somebody else to help and support me? The kind of area that you're looking to invest in. So all of those things are going to come into play to support you with your overall objective. And if you don't know why you're doing it and what you're looking to achieve, then the likelihood is you're never going to achieve it. So spend some time. And this people find this quite difficult, really, to try and go into the future and kind of set their vision and to work out exactly what they're looking to achieve and how they're going to get there. The how, by the way, isn't too important. As long as you've got a clear picture of what the future looks like and why you're doing it, you'll figure out how to get there, even if it's like what, how I did at the start, which is making a number of mistakes, because the best way to learn is by making mistakes. So work out your goals, 
work out your objectives, work out exactly what you're looking to achieve, look at all the different property strategies, see the one that fits in alignment with what you're looking to achieve or the one that excites you the most. And I'd say if one excites you the most and it isn't the one that probably is going to get you to your goal, if you're excited by it, start with that. Because if, you, if you're excited by it, you're going to be enthusiastic, you're going to learn more, you're going to take in more, and maybe that particular strategy might end up becoming the one that really helps you to break through, as opposed to doing something which you don't really enjoy, but you think that's going to get you to where you want to get to. I'd rather do something which I'm excited by, which I'm enthusiastic about, as opposed to something which I'm not really excited by, and I'm just doing it, for example, just because I think it's going to help me to achieve my goal, or it's going to help me make more money. Because that just is going to be boring, and boring is something I don't think anybody should do. I think we should do stuff which excites us. The second one, and on this, you should also spend a lot of time, and that is, what's the right business structure for you? So should you buy property in your own name? Should you do it as a partnership? Should it be an LLP? Should it be a limited company? Should it be a hybrid of all of those? Should you have a holding company? And if you're interested in holding companies, by the way, click this link and watch my video on the benefits of having a limited company in a group structure. Because the structure is something that should be flexible and should be able to help you to get to your goals and should be fit for purpose and future-proof to some extent. There's no one particular structure that is going to last the next 20 years, by the way, because your goals, your aspirations, your objectives are going to change. But as long as there's some flexibility, that's going to make it easier for you. So for example, let's say you've got 20,000 uh, pounds income by way of a day job, and you're looking to maybe buy two single lets. It could be that buying them in your own name might work for you because you're never going to become a higher rate taxpayer or you don't think you're going to become a higher rate taxpayer because you've got a part-time job where you earn 20,000 pounds. You're happy with that. All you want is to create an additional, let's say five to 10,000 pounds worth of income. So that would work okay for you. However, somebody else might be quite enthusiastic and say, I don't really wanna buy one or two properties. I want to create a portfolio of let's say 20 properties and they might be earning let's say 45,000 pounds from their day job and for them, it might be better to have a limited company. And it's difficult for me to, to tell you exactly which structure to choose because I need to know your circumstances. But what I would say is do the research and work out the pros and the cons, the advantages and benefits and the disadvantages and the drawbacks of every single type of structure and see the one that best fits and aligns with where you are now, but more importantly, where you want to be in the future. I meet with a lot of property investors and I can tell you most of them don't have the right structure because they haven't given enough time and thought to it. And once you've gone into a structure, to then change can be costly because there's tax consequences, could be income tax, could be capital gains tax, could be corporation tax, could be stamp duty land tax. And if they've got commercial property, there's an option to tax. There could be possible VAT implications. So it can get messy. So you're better off spending the time at the start, working out the structure, and if you need help, speak to an accountant or a tax advisor, and they'll be able to assist you with what you ought to be thinking about. And if they don't give you the answer, at least they'll ask you some really good questions, which will help you get to the answer. Number three, and this holds a lot of people back, 
which is where is the funding going to come from? So are you looking to get some joint venture partners? Do you have an investor? Are you using your own cash? Look at all the different options available to you and make the most of all of them. There's no one size fits all and there's no one particular way of having funding to create a portfolio of properties or to create a property business. What I would say is if you're looking to use just your own money, it's going to be a very slow burn. If you're just looking to buy a couple or more properties, maybe using your own money might work for you if you've got enough savings uh, to be able to do that or if you've got enough earnings where you're going to be able to save. But if you're looking to get really kind of serious and, and grow big or at least grow your property portfolio or your property business, then you ought to seriously be considering finding JV partners uh, who've got the cash or find investors who want to loan funds to you for a better return than what they get uh, in, from their bank. And let's be frank about it, by the way, uh, banks aren't paying a huge amount of interest. So if you were to offer somebody, let's say, six to eight uh, percent on their investment, they are better off doing that with you than they are keeping their money in the bank account. Of course, there's 68 different questions that they'll need to ask you and they'll need to be confident that their money is safe and they're going to get a return. But once you've done one deal with somebody, what I found is that gives them a bit more confidence. They trust you more and then they'll give you the same amount back or sometimes they'll even give you more because those people who have cash savings or are investors want to get some return on their income. So as long as they know they've got some kind of security and there's a decent rate of return, they want to be investing their funds. Uh, and it's, it really is simple in the sense that what you can do is speak to family, friends, neighbors, people that you know uh, who've got a bit of cash. And it doesn't have to be big sums, by the way. It could be finding 10 people with 10 grand each or 10 people with five grand each and that's going to be enough to get you on the property ladder to start investing. What's really exciting though, and something which I think you ought to consider and look at and study, is no money down. This is basically doing deals where you use other people's money and in the end you create profit or you create assets which the person who gives you the money, they get a share and you get a share and you do all the work for example and they invest all the funds. The $100 million question, of course, is where do you find those people from? Uh, and that really takes time. So it could be going to events. It could be looking within your uh, group of friends. It could be asking your connections and your contacts for people who've got cash or looking to invest in. Uh, there's a whole host of ways that you can find those people, which I'll cover on a different video. But for now, work out how much cash you need and work out where that cash is going to come from. Number four, work out your gold mine area. So this is the area that you want to invest in and spend a lot of time researching the area. Now, some people uh, who I know will say, I only want to invest half an hour drive or an hour's drive from where I live because I want to go there regularly, keep an eye on my properties, possibly manage them myself. There are others who don't mind. I know quite a few people who live in London, but are investing in Scotland or the Northeast or the Northwest. They don't mind traveling, then they're not hands-on. They give all their properties to an agent to manage. So it, it just depends on uh, 
your travel time. Also, more importantly than that, is look at the areas where your strategy works well. So if you're looking to do HMOs, find areas where HMOs work well. If you're looking to do commercial conversions, obviously find areas where there's commercial property and where there's a demand uh, for commercial property to be converted into residential, but also look at rate of return, yield, return on capital employed, to make sure that you are investing in an area that works really well for you. Because once you're invested in an area, you're pretty much there. And then it makes sense to kind of invest around that area. Part of the problem that, that you will have is once you get to a particular size, if all of your investments or properties are in a very confined area, some lenders don't like that. But the, I'd say, let's get there first. Once you've got a number of properties, then you can review and say, okay, let me go further afield into a different area or an area close by, but not so close that it be, kind of creates uh, a very narrow uh, perimeter in terms of where you own all the properties. But spend a lot of time doing your research on your gold mine area, because this is going to be pivotal and key. Number five, and this is one that I kind of skimmed on at the start, uh, which is invest as much money as you can into training, because that training is going to pay you the best rate of return without doubt. And I can tell you that from experience. So when I started out back in 2001, uh, I had no training whatsoever. And I'm pretty certain and pretty sure had I've invested in training back in those days, and there weren't that many people training about property in, in those days. But if I had that opportunity, I'd have learned a lot and I would have avoided a lot of the mistakes that I made. And that's because when you're going on training, not only do you learn new skills, new knowledge, but you also make new contacts, find JV partners, find funding, find what's working well, find out what's not working well. You get to do a lot of research through talking to people in terms of what's happening in the marketplace uh, and really training transformed my property business. And if you have got the funds, go on training. If you haven't, then at least watch YouTube, join Facebook groups, LinkedIn, social media, buy some books. There's some online courses, which will usually be inexpensive compared to obviously face-to-face -face courses. So if you've got a low budget, then do the stuff that's cheaper, go on free webinars, join uh, or download podcasts. That type of stuff's gonna be enough to get you started a bit. And then hopefully once you've created some income or you've got some, some savings or you've made some savings, you can then start investing in courses because courses and training will transform your life. Number six, find a mentor or a coach. Now a mentor, generally speaking, is somebody who has done what you're looking to do. A coach is somebody who may not have done what you're looking to do, but can help you get to where you want to get to. And a mentor isn't easy to find, by the way, but you need to find somebody who's the right fit, uh, who you get on well with, who's got the time, the aptitude, the patience to help and support you. You can get free mentoring if you find somebody who's got the time to do it and wants to give back, or you can go on paid mentoring courses and classes. Same with coaching, you're gonna to struggle to find somebody who can do coaching for free, but if you pay a coach, 
uh, it's going to be a very good return on investment. If you look at all the successful people in the world of sports, they all have at least one coach. And there's good reason for that. A good coach will help and help you, support you, keep you accountable, and will help you get outside your comfort zone and help you get to your goals a lot quicker. So having a mentor or a coach is extremely important. I've had one for, let me now see, best part of 14 years. Uh, and I speak to my mentor on a regular basis uh, because they help and support me and kind of sometimes just confirm and reaffirm what I'm thinking. Sometimes ask me questions that I haven't thought about and sometimes show me things in a different light or show me different options that I haven't thought about. Uh, and that is an invaluable conversation that I have. And it really is going to be support for you because let's be honest, being in business with this property or something else is a lonely journey. And sometimes you just feel like you're on your own. People just don't get you, don't understand you. Uh, so having a mentor, sometimes just to talk through stuff with them, sometimes just to let off a bit of steam, uh, a bit of therapy, sometimes to talk about strategy or other areas can be extremely useful. And a good mentor will always be there to benefit you and not them. And the seventh and final one for today is action and accountability. See, I've been in business uh, best part of 18, 19 years now, and I can tell you a lot of people talk the talk, but they don't walk the talk or walk the walk, whichever one you use, uh, because with the best intentions in the world, everybody has fantastic ideas, and this time next year, you know what they're going to become, but most of them never do. That's because people don't put their ideas into action, and there's a whole host of reasons for that. We're not going to go into that. I'm not a psychologist. I don't think I'm going to add much benefit to you by going into those reasons. But what I can tell you is those people who take action, and the action isn't always perfect, by the way. They're still making mistakes. They're still learning. But those people who take action tend to achieve what they want to achieve at some point in the future and hopefully in the near future. Those who just keep talking, and I'm sure you, if you cast your mind back to people who you know who were sharing ideas with you two three four five years ago of stuff that they're going to do and they still haven't done it or you may have a friend or two who came up with a fantastic idea of doing something and lo and behold two years later some of the company ends up doing that and they say oh i had that idea two years ago if only i'd have done that that could have been me and you don't want to be that person so taking action is extremely important with action comes accountability so you do what you said you were going to do every single time. And that's difficult. There are only a small handful of people who can hold themselves accountable. So if you've got a life partner, maybe you can get them to hold you accountable. If you've got a friend or if you've got a, a circle of influence of people who can hold you accountable, that's fantastic. If you don't, by the way, then you can join coaching groups where you meet up regularly. Some of them are weekly, some of them are fortnightly, some are monthly, some are quarterly. And that, the, the coach and the group itself will hold you accountable. So they'll hold your feet to the fire while supporting you and are asking you the tough questions while having your best interests at heart. So I think action and accountability are two of the best ways to get results over the long term. If you're serious, 
you're going to do it if you're not serious you'll just keep talking and you're never going to achieve what you really want to achieve the choice is yours thanks for listening to wealth made simple you can follow and contact shaz on the facebook pages and trust property tax and the profits wizard you can also find shaz on linkedin youtube and instagram alternatively email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk build your wealth by mastering money